Welcome to today's episode. Uh, today I shared in church about my how my faith impacts my work and just a little introduction about that. Um, I was uh, this is a series at my church, St. John's Evangelical uh, Protestant Church. And the month before I shared, was an actual uh, NASA rocket scientist. So when you hear me in the introduction uh, reference that, that's the reason uh, I noted that. And I'm hoping next month I'm not followed by a brain surgeon, but we'll find out, I suppose. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's, that's, I think, all the introduction you need. The rest, I think, is self-explanatory. Uh, enjoy, I suppose. Here you go. Oh, and the uh, I'm being introduced by the Reverend John Richter, I should add, as well. Uh, and he is a distant relative, though, as we point out always, uh, we do not have the same last name uh, be because we are related, though we are related. And we do have the same last name. So with that, uh, here is the uh, intro his introduction and my talk. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate that. And uh, Nate was blending in with the kids and so he could not be found. And we are taking applications to help uh, continuing babysit Trent. So if you'd like to that, your application, we'd love, love for you to know. Today is Reformation Sunday, and of course, you know, much of our job is to, is to train up the flock, train up the children, and we're so excited to do that. But we know that we're all growing in the faith, and so we take time really every year to come back to some basics about the Reformation. And if and if we were when we think about the Reformation, we really think primarily of, of, of Martin Luther in his own personal spiritual crisis and rediscovering the teachings of, of being saved by grace through faith as he, as he became, began to read the scriptures and then, and then became at peace with God. And, and we, so we think of being saved by grace through faith, and we think about the, the primacy and the importance of, of scripture in our lives. But there were other, so those are the main things, but there were other things that the Reformation did to Christian faith as well. And one of those was to remind us is that all of God's children have a calling in the world. We have a vocation. We have a job to do that. The work that God gives is a way to serve Him and to serve others. And so that's why we've had this conversation over the last, really, year now about, about vocation. Uh, so we want to continue that this morning, specifically thinking about, um, about communications and, and, and the gift of communication, because really, the Protestant Reformation is able to happen as it does because of what we could call the information superhighway. Not the internet, but an invention that was, that, was, uh, that was made by Johannes Gutenberg really just a few decades before Luther. And it was the printing press. And all of a sudden now, these teachings of Luther and the Reformers, they can stand that out real quick and disseminate information quickly throughout Europe. And so wanting to think about this notion of vocation and Reformation Sunday and our faith at work, we're going to invite Greg Richter to come forward, who works in, in these areas, and share a little bit with us this morning. Greg, if you all make your way on up here. Thank you. 
Well, uh, last, last month, uh, you heard from a rocket scientist. Um, this month, we're bringing the IQ down a little bit, and you're hearing from a member of the mass media. Uh, I've been interested in writing since I was a kid. I've created so-called newspapers uh, about my neighborhood, and I wrote short stories about things such as Martian invaders who landed of all places right over there on the playground of East Elementary School where they met their demise at the hands of my fifth grade classmates and myself. Eventually, I outgrew these silly stories, of course, but I never lost my interest in both journalism and fiction writing. Uh, my goal was to become a novelist one day, but I would pay the bills working as a newspaper journalist. I got my first job as a reporter at the Coleman Times in the mid-1980s and eventually worked my way through newspapers in Jasper and Decatur before finally spending 17 years at the Birmingham News as a copy editor. I'd become a Christian in college and naturally I felt God wanted me to use my writing in some way in the furtherance of his kingdom. In journalism, there's a lot of plain old just covering and editing stories every day. And in doing that, you just follow Paul's command in Colossians to just work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. But occasionally you get to do something that maybe makes a slight difference in the world. For instance, one day I was editing an AP story about a solar eclipse and the writer noted that by some fluke, the moon was just the right size and just the right distance from the earth to make the sun's corona visible during the few moments of totality. Like I said, I'm not a rocket scientist, though I have killed Martians in fifth grade science fiction. The phrase, by some fluke, sounded like editorializing to me. Now my opinion is that this was by God's design, but that's editorializing too. So I just deleted the phrase. It's up to the secular or the godly reader to decide why the moon is the size it is and the location it is and not some wire service writers. On a larger scale, I've had a chance to write about faith issues in the secular marketplace. The Coleman Times allowed me to write a column about faith issues, and I haven't had that chance elsewhere, but once the Internet came along, I was free to say whatever I wanted and uh, unencumbered by secular editors. I started writing and posting these pieces, just opinion pieces and fictional stories on my own website and I used the made up a pen name, Owen2. I thought that was clever. I got it from baseball where the count is O and 2. And eventually in the early 2000s, blogging came along and I kept that pen name and I met my wife there through blogging. and it, came a little uncomfortable when I eventually had to explain to her that my name really wasn't Owen too, but that, that happened. And uh, currently, I work for a political news website, and I'm essentially still paying the bills that way while I write about faith issues on my own time. I've compiled a few of what I hope are the best pieces I've written over the years, and that's in an ebook that I recently wrote called The Beatitudes, and you can Get that on Amazon.com for 99 cents, or you can get it on Smashwords for free, which I suggest you do that since it's free, and Reverend John suggested I do that commercial. So, uh, Pastor Nate mentioned in his sermon a couple of weeks ago that we're living in digital Babylon today. 
I hope in some way that my training against those Martians all those years ago is still helping me fight the good fate on the digital battlefield. Thanks very much. Information technology, audiovisual communications, newspaper, anybody else? So that's right. You did, didn't you, Pastor Bob? Oh well, we want to pray for those who work in those uh, areas as well. So if you will join me in prayer, Lord, you know well that we live in a time in, in which we have um, unprecedented access to information, and so we pray for those who make. Decisions about the, the information superhighway, the whole range of considerations, political, economic, personal, and communal. May they all be taken into account in making decisions. We pray for those involved in research and development. And we remember the, the power and responsibility they have for making changes that, that would impact our world. Lord, we even remember those who have lost their jobs as a result of new technologies. Lord, we pray for those who work in these fields that they would create avenues of communication audible and visible that are glorifying to you, Lord. We pray for uh, we consumers that technology may be the servant and not the controller and the master of our lives. Lord, we pray not only for those who produce the technology for communication, but for those who communicate the messages to us. And in this time of seemingly natural, national turmoil, Lord, we do, there are times when we, we feel like there is a, a loss of truth and objectivity and even integrity so many times in journalism and communication. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would correct that as you establish yourself as Lord and ruler of all things. Indeed, reset the media compass to truth and objectivity instead of opinion and sensationalism. And when opinions and are, are being given, Lord, may we know, uh, may we discern the difference and the readers discern the difference. Lord, give wisdom and authority and protection to those who serve you in the news and media information fields. Give them the mind of Christ, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and the strength of your word. And indeed, Lord, in the long and stressful days that we endure, give all those who work in these fields discernment. Give them health and energy. And we pray that you will bless journalists, news, and media outlets so that they may be used, Lord, for your kingdom purposes and for the good of humanity. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Thanks for listening to the Syncopator Familius podcast, copyright 2019, Pharaoh's Drawers Productions. You can download my free ebook, The Bee Attitudes and Other Spiritual Lessons from Everyday Life, at smashwords.com.